So you're on this road, and luckily you're not alone. In this world, we have the privilege and ability to bring people around us, to have community. And if you don't have that, find it. It's waiting for you. And Jesus is with us on this road. Oftentimes people ask me how doing this type of work and walking into uncertainty, walking into doubt and pain affects the way I understand Jesus. The truth is it goes deeper. Jesus walked into his pain too. He sat on that cross and he claimed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He walked into the deepest pain that it is to be human, to live in that space where you feel abandoned by your father and abandoned by God. And he walked into that for the sake of resurrection, and that's what we're doing also. So there's a story in the New Testament. One of the Pharisees, a man named Nicodemus, comes to Jesus at night, and he says to him, we know you're from God. No one could do the things you're doing if you weren't from God. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again to know the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Now remember, this isn't Jesus trying to convert him to Christianity. This is long before crucifixion and resurrection. He's teaching him something. The question is, what is he teaching him? And Nicodemus is confused. This is a man who has the Torah memorized, who's walked through the scriptures his entire life, and he says, well, sure, you, I can't climb back into the womb and be born again out of my mother's womb. And then Jesus says this fascinating thing. He says, I tell you the truth, the wind blows, but we don't know where it's coming from and we don't know where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now this is something we don't get a full privilege of understanding how Nicodemus received that and what he walked away with that night. But I imagine it was something like this. You look at a tree and you see it blowing in the wind. You can tell it's that, that the wind is blowing. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. But you can see the evidence of the wind. What we're really talking about in this work is starting to ask God and ask the Spirit of Jesus Christ to show us the evidence that what we believe is the truth. And to do that, we engage our pain and we engage our doubts. This crisis of addiction in the church says something a great deal about a split in our own consciousness and our own understanding of what it is to be connected and grounded in the Spirit of God. In a sense, we're all a bit lost, and it's time for us to admit that. And on this road, we can take one step at a time knowing we're not alone, and learn to trust that the Spirit of God is doing what it was always meant to do, and that is to guide us on that road. And that our entire lives can be lived this way. And it can go out beyond just addiction, and it can walk us into places where we can find peace and joy and love and hope in ways we never thought possible. That's what this road is about. That's what pilgrimage is about. This isn't a battle. This is a journey. And this is sacred in every way, and so are you. We're glad you're with us on this road. We hope you keep trying. Go back to the beginning of this book. Keep doing it. Go through it. Go through it. Go through it. Do the actions. Don't just think the thoughts. Feel what's inside. And know that God is with you. Today, I wanted to basically, we had posted on the, on the Facebook page, we had posted about, uh, does anybody want to leave questions so that they might have from this series? So I'm going to, we're just going to hit them. I think we have four posts, four guys that ask questions of this stuff. So we're going to go ahead and just start from the top on that. Uh, Maxwell, he had asked, he said, the series has been awesome. Thank you. 
where does the podcast go from here? Uh, the, this podcast is going to live as a series. Um, it's going to stay up. We are going to be starting the, the Voyagers podcast launch, launches uh, first week of September. Yeah, we're going to try and make that to start a biweekly, and then we're going to try and make it weekly as we go along. So a yeah. lot of it has to do with in terms of the coronavirus and kind of what we can pull off in terms of interviews and that kind of thing. So we're we are spending time now working on itineraries and planning for that podcast, yeah. and we'll start recording here in August. So that we yeah, and, and the Voyagers. The reason we chose that name was pilgrimage. Pilgrimage is a a movement into the unknown, mm -hmm. as is voyaging. Right, voyaging is yeah. the difference is pilgrimage had a trail. And voyager, voyaging is more like you're on the ocean. Yeah. So the idea was we were going we to take all the boundaries off of this thing and, and make it something that it's still going to be a very growth-focused podcast. It's going to be right. very much about how we grow, how we change, how, and encountering that beautiful dance between spiritual and human and the, the, the kind of the, uh, the, the tissue in between, if you will. So that's, yeah. it's still, very much going to still be a, a growth-oriented podcast. And, and for those guys that are, you know, that are coming in, my pilgrimage podcast will be always be there as a, a kind of an introductory, especially to the people wrestling with specifically porn, porn addiction and that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, I know that. Yeah. And it's good, yeah. but it's good. We want everybody, we want everybody to listen because the, the metaphor of the, of being on the ocean and as someone who spends a lot of time on the ocean myself and Seth has spent a ton of time in the ocean. In fact, Seth did a blue water crossing from Kauai to Seattle one time that, that there is, it, it, you, you have to trust you, you start to understand why sailors were all so religious and so superstitious because the wind um, is a unpredictable and fickle thing and you have to you really completely rely on it. Josiah he said, loving it. Uh, given that everyone's process is different, how do we know what is beneficial and what is not? Yeah. So much of my healing seems to have come only after I stepped outside the moral code of my upbringing. What do I use as my anchor and guide if the rule book didn't work to heal and guide me to freedom from the trauma that I have carried? Well, the anchor is spirit, clearly. Right? And the spirit is a real thing. You have a spirit which is tied into the spirit of all things, right? Like we, some, what some call the Holy Spirit, right? This idea, spirit is the anchor. We have to learn how to use it. Your journey will be different than everyone else's, but everyone has a spirit, which is connected to the spirit. And that is our anchor. That is the thing we must learn to use. So you dedicate yourself to the discovery and the process of mastering that experience, becoming yeah. a master of, of your own spiritual process. And, and, and we've, we've expanded a lot during this podcast on what that looks like in the moving of energy, in the healing of trauma, in the inviting of broken soul parts back home, in the ability to just be, like that thing that allows us to be completely in a moment is the spirit. So that is the tool that we're using as opposed to the ego. So our job is to switch to that operating system and be anchored in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's a great line on the toe of the wet sprocket new, new constellations when he talks about, um, he said in the end, uh, there are no uh, wrong answers. There are, you know, when you, and yeah. in the end there were no problems when you get, right. when you, when you have a perspective, I guess you could say, and not to sound too religious here, but the eternal perspective, when you have a perspective of spirit, um, you start to understand that there are no wrong kind of paths and answers. So the fear is, uh, keeps us from moving at all 
and sometimes going down that path that causes more suffering is something that, that if you look back on you go I said that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it taught me something but then when you're doing it in the suffering you know as the scriptures say no discipline is good you know at the time it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel good <laughs> we were our egos don't want pain um but they are it is it is helpful for instruction it always makes us wiser yeah. and so learning to use your spirit is not a, oh i figured it out it's it's you have to give it a shot right. this is why we always talk about courage and curiosity you have to be, have the curiosity to try and then you have to have the courage to step one foot in front of the other and be okay if you make a mistake or you go you know that wasn't helpful right. i mean the very the very term yeah i didn't find that helpful I can sit there and look back on my spiritual journey in the last decade and go, oh man, I, there were lots of things that, well, that wasn't helpful. That wasn't helpful. Right. Those are, that's me saying, um, and in another language, me saying that was the wrong way to go. And I go, oh no, that, that's not, a, yeah, from, from this perspective, it doesn't make any sense to go, that was the wrong yeah. way to go. That thing, that taught me something. Yeah. So learning to trust your spirit is, and, and, and have that anchor is that just starts with just giving it a shot, like yeah. having the courage to try. Yeah. And the, and Josiah said, you know, so much of my healing seems to have come after I stepped outside the moral code of my upbringing. Yeah. Morality is something we are creating now. We are That's doing this now. The moral code of your upbringing was based on the anxieties, the fears, the teachings, um, the successes and failures of those that came before us. And we are to learn from those things. Yeah. We are here to write our own moral code in that way. There is this deep, deep-seated need in, especially in the, 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 the church that I grew up in and the, and, the, and the teachings that we grew up in, to have this absolute truth. There has to be this arbiter of absolute morality. Right. When our spirits already know what that is, that's yeah. why we have to learn how to use them. Our, our, it says right there in the scripture that when we walk in the spirit, the byproduct of that is peace, love, right. joy, kindness, right. all the things that are good and all the things that we want. So yeah. our job is not to figure out what's right or wrong, what's moral or immoral. Our job yeah. is to learn how to put our higher self, put our spirit in the driver's seat and let them drive the car. That's so it. we can live in balance. That's the job. And that takes spiritual practice. It takes yeah. discipline and practice. We have to actually have a practice. And so Josiah, the, the, I, I would, if I was giving you advice, I'd say flat out, the, the thing you want to do is have a spiritual practice. Do you have one? It, do yeah. you have a practice of prayer and meditation of yeah. regularly coming every day to examine your spiritual right. body and to charge? And then, and then let that be enough. At yes. that point, if your ego is telling you you're supposed to be more in control or more mm. masterful than you are, yeah. then that's, then your ego is disrupting the entire process. And the ego will do that. The ego will jump into it and create a system of what should be instead of right. the spirit simply allows what is the, the biggest right. illusion that guys get in, especially guys in their early thirties, like Josiah. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, cause I was there once too, you, <laughs> is, is the illusion that, you, that if I was doing this right, I would be exactly. Oh, that's so well said. That's so well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Josiah, that's one thing you, you have to know is that right now, where you're at, as you are, perfect. It's exactly where you're supposed to be. It's exactly yeah. where you're supposed to be. So, so stop trying to be somewhere else and acting like you're doing it wrong because of that. You're not. Yeah. You're not and, yeah. and guys like us who've been on this journey for a while can look back at everything, every single time I was like, I should be somewhere else. 
I can see back now and go, oh, I was exactly where I was supposed right. to be. And my error was I never knew how to bless that. I never knew right. how to bless exactly. that moment, bless that stuckness, bless that slog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if we learn how to bless the slog, man, bless the, the slog. slog's got no power over us. Ah, that's <laughs> That'll be a t-shirt. That get is that a t-shirt. The merch store. That's in the merch store. Bless the slog. Yeah. You can get your bless the slog t-shirts here. <laughs> All proceeds. All proceeds will go to the Maui Food Bank. There you go. Use right now. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get a merch store. We'll get a, we got a, um, you know, we could take a, take a clue from Justin, our brother, Justin Showheim. You know, he's got the 15 mil merch. We got to get some My Pilgrimage merch. Well, we're definitely a uh, Voyager's merch. Yeah. It's happening. I've sure. been, I haven't done My Pilgrimage merch on purpose um, for the same reason we, that. Cause oh, cause we don't want to like walk around with porn, porn addict. And yeah. 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 No, I'm not. I, yeah. And I, <laughs> honestly, it's funny. It's like people don't want to share this on their pages and stuff because they don't, yeah, it's a private thing. This is completely private. And I don't, I don't, yeah. that's why we haven't really said, Hey, let's make some money off this thing. You know what I mean? Right. I would love it yeah. to, to take the Voyager stuff and go, Hey, look, this is a, this is something we're doing. But, and yeah. it's not that we're not going to talk about porn on, on the Voyagers. We definitely are going to talk about everything. It's, it's yeah. completely open because all is beautiful. All is sacred and there yeah. is nothing denied us. Andrew said, honestly, just finished binge listening to the show yesterday. We'll definitely be going back through. My question, though, for you guys in particular, what kind of things do you feel like pornography taught you that even after you found freedom needed to be unlearned? There's a common question. Um, well, there's a lot of actual science data out there about what pornography does to the body, what it does to your biology, what, what um, I guess you could say kind of habitual masturbation does to your sex drive, what it does to mm. your, your sexual experiences with a partner, all the stuff like that. I'm assuming Andrew's kind of saying, you know, uh, there's programming when you're watching it habitually, there's programming there. Right. And, and the, maybe the young, the younger way to think about it is, uh, that sex is like this. You know what I mean? The big fear with, with, with being, being a father of sons for a long time for me was that when my kids see that, they're going to be like, when my boys see that, they're teenagers and snooping around or whatever, and they find pornography, they're going to go, oh, they're going to think that's what sex is supposed to be like. And that that's the programming that's going to get into their heads. And I found myself having a lot of conversations with my oldest son and now with my middle son a little bit that goes something like, um, you know, that's not real, right? That's fake, right? You know that women don't actually look like that, right? And dudes don't actually look like that. And that's not how sex goes at all. It's not like that at all. And, and having that conversation with them, because I'm scared that I have this little fear of like, they're going to go, um, they're going to have that expectation. And, and ironically, like, we have a cousin uh, that came and visited me for a while. And uh, he was, and, and, and I had a lot of conversations with him while he was here. And, and, I found that, yeah, he had somehow in his brain, he, there was a programming that sex was supposed to be, this is how the sexual world is. Yeah. You know, I had a friend a long time ago, a good friend of mine in Alaska that I remember he said that, yeah, he, he learned everything he needed to know about sex through pornography. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that, man? <laughs> well, because yeah. first of all, I want to address that Andrew has a, there, there's a fear there. Yeah. Right? He has a yeah. fear that, that, this that watching porn and binging on porn and what and, and doing it as an addictive behavior has sure. changed his programming his brain so that right. that may be irreparably maybe that's a fear right. of his that i'm not going right. to be able to have a normal healthy relationship right. because i've seen all these things well and anyway, because we were told that shit a lot right? a lot we were told right. 
over and over and over again that this is going to change you forever and there was these mm -hmm. fears and still and and then there's the, the whole no fap thing there's this whole kind of crowd that's just it's kind of just it goes way overboard with the brain chemistry thing saying that this is the thing that's to everything sure how it's jacking up your brain when the truth yeah. is anything that can be broken can be healed and as we are healed right. your brain chemistry will be healed as well it yeah. will be washed washed in that beautiful new higher vibration that is starting to rule your body for me none of that stuff was ever a thing ever i have never once had one single effect on me that told me that this is how sex, sex is supposed to be now sure. my six-year-old who knows because he's grown up in a different world than i am sure. you know instagram has as much effect like that as anything else right and so what i but for me the biggest thing was learning how as especially this probably has something to do with the fact that i'm do this for a living. I help guys one-on-one. -on -one. I actually mm -hmm. do life coaching therapeutic work with people one-on-one -on -one. is that um, I was blown away after I was healed of the addiction and I was moving through, I was starting to be blown away by the profound depth of the role that we thrust onto pornography. Right. How many porn stars are carrying the burden of being a mother breastfeeding a child, essentially. Right. Sure. Like, you know, that was always a really, that's been a really interesting thing to me to watch that, how, how from so many people, the loss of porn is the loss of mom. You know what I mean? Right. And there's, right. so that there's a, there's not just a deeper fear of, of what's happening in the mind, but there's a, there's a fear that where am I going to get this grounding? Mm -hmm. You know, where am I going to have this? Because that's what's actually happening. So, you know, I mean, so often one of the first things I do with guys when they're porn addicts and I, I'll ask them, you know, so what kind of porn are you into? And they're just like, well, oh, and I, I start getting, getting into it and I start blessing it as they're talking. Like, yeah, I really, well, I really like this because I had this guy today. He's like, you know, he's kind of like you and me. He's like, I really like beautiful things. I'm like, oh, so there's real beauty in it. You know, the, the sure. female form represents that for you. And he's like, yeah, right. I'm like, wow, that's really kind of, kind of wonderful to think about it. Yeah. Like, oh, he, and he was seeking nurturing and he was seeking all these things. And sure. I just kept blessing it and blessing it. Isn't it wonderful that there was something there to kind of pick up the slack for you while you've been searching for this love? And now let's go deeper. And so the whole yeah. thing was, yeah. you know, and with our sons, the whole goal is going to be able to not just say, you know, this isn't how it is, but say, but actually take them into the depth of what sex can be. And, I, and it's yeah. funny because I think about that a lot in my life. Yeah. Because my, my wife is stunningly beautiful. Okay. Yeah. She's as gorgeous as any of anything you're going to watch on a computer at any point. And she's still, you know, we're, we're in our mid forties, but she's still got that beautiful youth, like most Asian ladies, yeah. but they don't, they don't get old. Yeah. Yeah. But then what happens to them is they, they, they don't get old until about 60 and then they kind of drop off a cliff, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, the, that's the stereotype, right? Uh, right. All of a sudden, she, and we laugh about it all the time. But what it, what's been interesting is I've been actually allowing space in my own thinking to go, you know, I've been observing like how much of my sexual experience with her is still, it's like, whoa, her beauty is such a part of this. Mm -hmm. What would sexuality, what would beautiful sexuality look like if that wasn't? Right. You know, what would it be like? And I'm finding that it's driving me into a deeper and deeper and deeper experience of the sure. energy of sex as opposed to the, sure. necessarily the physical component of it and just diving more and more. I mean, I'm finding myself more and more moving towards almost like a tantric kind of space where that's the core of it all. And, yeah. and it's really, really wonderful. It's expanding, releasing the need for sex to be anything dependent on the body. Right. is really, really helping me. I realize this is a depth that most guys that are listening to this probably aren't doing right now. They're not well, moving towards that. But it, actually, is sex can get deeper and deeper. Okay. And deeper. 
That's, and that's kind of what I want to say, you know, to Andrew and to answer his question is that we are thinking of it on the wrong type of scale, right? Right. We also, we're thinking there's this kind of right way. There's, 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 we know, we know that there's a normal sex over here. My wife doesn't look like the porn star and some of that. We're actually going, Andrew, this, it's a deeper thing, right? Yeah. Is that, that, that pornography satisfies this very shallow space. It lives in a very shallow space in terms of, in terms of your sexual experience completely right. that, if you have not engaged your own spirit, if you have not used your spirit to, to exercise and your spirit to eat and your spirit to sleep and wake up and do this, then you haven't used your spirit in sex either. Right. You haven't used it as an yeah. everyday part of your life. Right, right. And so, yeah. you, so, you're, so the fear is the ego going, how are we going to be attracted to this thing over here when this is what we find to be this stimulating thing? And the ego, right. and, and you can honestly go, actually, you get to, you don't have any say in this. You don't. You're, it's not to. You don't even know the scale we're dealing with. Yeah. The ego does not understand the scale. The question that you asked comes from the ego scale. Right. 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 Just, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing. We're talking about flushing that thing down the toilet and starting yeah. over. Playing in a different sandbox. Yeah. yeah you're just exactly. You're a, uh, and you once you're in that sandbox, you know, spirit goes. Let your spirit literally go. Let me show you exactly. Let me show you what this right. actually exactly. is. What this actually can be. And that's when you really learn that. Oh, porn doesn't have that at all. There's at none all. of that. <laughs> There's at none all. of that. There's no spirit. There's no. And it's just. It's just an animalistic, ego-driven narrative. And so what we're talking about is, is Andrew, that you haven't even experienced this yet. You don't even know what scale we're talking about. You're actually, so like, I don't want to answer the question you asked. I want to delete it and go, let's show you something completely different. Right. Well, and, and also say, hey, and let's bless where you're at and go and recognize that's something you're going to come to. Like, yes. The more absolutely. you move into your spirit, you're going to come there. And that's why, that's why it's just so unhelpful to, to curse porn. Porn yeah. filled its purpose in your life. Yes. It filled right. what it, it, your ego is like. We need something to do the loving and the nurturing. You know yeah. what I mean? And right. and we can't. You know, I got all these young fractured parts of me that need that. So yeah. we need to do something. So let's do that. And we can go. Yeah. Okay, it was what it was for the time that it was. But your soul, that older, deeper, wiser part of you, is seeking something deeper now. And that's that's a beautiful thing. So you don't have to. You don't have to give one ounce of worry, fear, anxiety. I mean, if there if there is a fear there, you can just release that. If it's yeah. just a curiosity, you're like, hey, I'm curious where you where this thing all goes. This is where it goes. Yeah, it goes and and. And it helps as you get older. You just, as you get older and you get more curious and you continue to heal and you learn more and more about how to use your spirit, it will be a natural transition. Right. Now, for me, right. that brain chemistry thing never held one single ounce of water. I, no. well, I, I had a different experience. I, I remember because I read, I read so many books and especially a lot of, you know, I read so many studies. And when we were doing Feels Like Redemption, I was the research guy. Yeah. Right. And I was doing, I read so many studies and I was going through all of this stuff about brain chemistry and there's, and there's a ton, there's a, some Ted talks that are pretty intense yeah. on brain chemistry and pornography. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that's out there. Yeah. And you, you, you notice listen, we hardly wrote about it in the book though. Right. I know. Yeah. And it, because, because it wasn't really helpful because you can't, helpful. you yeah. can't, if you look at a piece of scientific data and you got a scientist saying, this is what masturbation does to your brain. You go, uh, Okay. Well, I'm, I'm screwed then because I've, you know, because, <laughs> right. because I've been masturbating like, like, you know, four times a day for 10 years, you know, whatever. And yeah. So I'm, I'm, what can I do? And when you hear that, you go, you go, there's, there's no answer for it. And these guys, and that's where the no fab stuff is. Yeah. It's because these people are complete. It's an ego driven narrative and it's going to stay in that realm. We're not, we're not right. even going to engage this idea that there's this whole other part of us that just doesn't care about that at all. Right. Your, your spirit literally just goes, yeah. 
Yeah. No big deal. It's, it's, not- it's, it's nothing. I mean, the power, the power that spirit has compared to all that stuff. Yeah. It's nothing. To spirit, it's, just, it's yeah. nothing. It's nothing. Brain chemistry is nothing. Right. All of that is nothing compared right. to the power of the human spirit. Right. And that's what I would say to Andrew. Andrew, just yeah. seriously, just set it aside. Yeah. And just engage in this thing. Begin to learn in the breathing and begin to engage and begin to understand this part of yourself. And if you, if you're hired, if you come to that state where your spirit just steps into the, steps in the way and goes, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it from here and starts driving the car. You'll go, Oh, (laughs) not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. And it literally looks at your, and it's going to take some time. It's going to take time and that's okay. And it's okay. And it is okay to go, man, I tell you what, like, like even now, like I'm, I was a guy who had, a hardcore porn addiction for over a decade. I was at to the point of suicide and I live now, this is now a decade later and I live in a healthy, really happy marriage, wonderful sex life completely. And it's not because I like figured out the brain chemistry or figured out <laughs> what I was, the programming right. was, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it never, it never was like, Oh, I man, porn has trained my brain to want this thing. Human bodies are human bodies, man. Like it doesn't really matter if that woman has a, a boob job, and you and your and your higher self is in the driver's seat. You go, you see everything for what it is, yeah. and you go, oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's all fake, yeah. fake, fake. I don't want fake because when you experience the actual energetic body yeah. and with another person that you love and you feel love circulating through both of you moving yeah. in and out and the breath and the breath is moving in that and and what what Seth's talking about with the tantric experience of that movement of and through sexual that sexual experience you don't want anything else yeah. I, I i porn is even the slightest bit attractive to me because that it's not there that there's nothing there it's it's all kind of you know and i and i try and i want to i want to have this experience of life not just not just sex but all of life through my entire inner body my spirit my ego everything all together in a whole person last question Avery asked, uh, do you have any advice on how to create an environment that feels like a pilgrimage in my daily life? Go on pilgrimage. Right. Well, I know that's not daily life, right? But <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, quit your job. <laughs> yeah, quit your job. Leave. Yeah. No, it, med- meditation is the best way to do that. Meditation is absolutely the best way to do it. A regular practice of meditation because the this it, pilgrimage is an exploration into the unknown. It's of one of silence, of one of where you rid yourself of the knowledge of what your destination is. You rid yourself of the knowledge of, of, of your, your ego's determination of what you're going to experience, and you just let yourself experience. And in our daily life, it, if we can, that you have that landscape, that empty landscape exists inside you. That yeah. endless horizon exists internally. Right. So learn meditation techniques. Um, Avery happens to be working with me right now. And, and so, you know, we have him on this just daily meditation and paying attention to what he's experiencing. That is an endless horizon. When we're done working together, it's going to be for him to continue and expand that practice right. so that he's continually moving deeper and deeper and deeper right. and deeper into right. his own self. Yeah. I, I want to I also say that, and this is not a, I'm not advocating not going to church. Okay. Right. But if you're a church going person, you need to understand that what Seth just described is the opposite of going to church. Right. 
the church, uh, the Sunday morning, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit, we're going to sing a set of the same songs that we know, and then we're going to listen to the same person talk about the same book that we've talked about every Sunday, for, you know, and we're going to do this routine. That's the opposite of pilgrimage. Right. You know, because the, the key to that pilgrimage is, remember when you set out on pilgrimage, you know, there might be, you know, where the end of the trail is on a real pilgrimage, you know, this is going to end in Israel or whatever. But the, the, the whole concept, especially in the, um, the catechismic or the, the monk kind of format of a pilgrimage. Yeah, was no was, destination. There was no destination. It's no destination. just to experience and to be present. It's content and it's that it's a spiritual practice. Every day the walking is the spiritual practice. It's the meditation. Yeah. It's the contemplation yeah. as you move through the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, there's a great movie about uh, it was it was one that with with you and McGregor with Jesus in the desert. Yeah, uh, what yeah. It? What's yeah, that called? Last, last days of Christ. Or the, last the days uh, of, was it last days of Christ? No, it was, oh, 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 uh, the last days in the desert. Last, last days, days in, the, in desert. the desert. That, yeah. that film was really, one of the things that I really loved about it was that it, that it, there was a slowness to it and there was this kind of yeah, space of like super yeah. silent and where you were hanging out with him every day. And you just go, because when we, t- we tell a story and we tell it in a Sunday school format or where we tell everybody in church, whatever, yeah, he's 40 days in the desert. We, we don't really, 40 freaking days. Like, I know. Yeah. What were so you it's doing? all encapsulated in this one little yeah one little we, we, we just brief past that imagine being on a tr- on a path of pilgrimage for 40 days just no walking in the desert no, right yeah and yeah. what that is as a discipline as a spiritual discipline what does it look like to yeah. do that kind of work and that that is a is a process that that every everyone who's listening to this podcast if you've never sat and set yourself a discipline a spiritual practice discipline where you, okay, I'm going to meditate every day for 10 minutes. Just do it. It will push you. It will trigger yeah. you because you, you show up in a space it changes, of it changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. And that's, and like I said, it's not yeah. the same as going to church. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Last time I went to church was in 2014 um, in, in the ancient Abbey on Iona. That was the last time I did an actual service. And if you lived, if you lived, uh, on the Isle of Mole and short ferry right away. Would you yeah. attend that regularly? I'd go to mass every day. Every single day? Every single day. They okay, still have mass there twice a day. Why? Uh, because um, the tradition there and the and it's a community experience. And commu- you understand community isn't, I go to a building and I have friends. Community is that we are we are of one mind in how the world, our role we play in redeeming the world. Right. Yeah. And that, and there it's, it's an extremely action driven. Like yeah. we are here, like everything we do is towards the redemption of the world in it's, I mean, it, towards the poor, towards right. the suffering, towards that kind of thing. And, and there is something beautiful church ultimately was meant to be a ceremony, but it was meant to be a process of a daily examination. Right. And, and, and mass there was, I went to mass a lot while I was there and I, I, it was an experience of coming in and immediately coming inward. Right. right. You know, and right. I didn't just go to mass in the Abbey. We prayed in the nunnery, you know, with the ceiling still destroyed by the Vikings open to the sky. We, we'd go into the chapels, we'd do communion. I would hike to the top of the mountain and I would, and we'd go to St. Teresa's well and we go to the hermit cell. There was all kinds of, we do this, but it was this constant. We did, we did Tai Chi around the hermit cell. <laughs> it was right. like, but it, but the idea is, if I was there, it would be a regular practice of my, of meditation and self examination. I would probably meditate by the ocean and then go sure. to mass and then examine myself and examine just in self. It's contemplation, is what it is. It's right. a practice of contemplation. But right. there is something, 
beautiful about doing it in a way that's been done for thousands of years, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, but well, it's, th- th- that, that idea that, that, that this experience is to, to turn us inward. Right. But, but that's there that tradition there isn't fed by us. It's not wrap around the sermon. Like in our right. evangelical tradition, the sermon is the product. The pastor is the product. The worship is the sanctioned place to experience your emotions as long as it's done in relation to the idol. And then the pastor is the product in which we partake of kind of the, this is where we eat the pizza kind of thing, you know, and as long as the <laughs> sauce is the kind of You're sauce. You're making the pizza and we eat the pizza. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, right. And everybody, you know, you, everybody just goes to churches like pizza places, you know, and they, they like the crust better over here you know they got deep crust <laughs> at, at that that place you know what i mean stuff crust stuff crust yeah yeah oh yeah have you been to the, have you been you know have you been to this church because the sauce is really good there you know <laughs> it's, that's the thing right that's all it is and and, uh, and so for uh, me yeah. like and none of it even comes compare even close right. to just an experience of the spirit within me right you know, like I'm, i was sitting with our mother the other day and you know, Lord knows she won't listen to this, but she, we were, I said, we were talking <laughs> yeah, about, right. she's just going through the same old depression she's always going through. And she just says, and she says, you know, but when I feel this way, I just go to worship and I just start telling God how good he is. And, he, and she goes, and I just, as I move into just worshiping God and telling God how good he is, I just feel that peace come on me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, I didn't say it, but I wanted to go, man, that's an extremely narcissistic God that you've got there that requires you to tell him how good he is for you to feel good. Like, right. hey, tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. I'll, I'll well, go why does that work for her? Why does it work? Because it works, right? She, well, shows it, she does it every day until she kind of gets into this kind of happier space. Yeah, well, it, it works because she's turning it into a positive mindset. Right. It's a positive mindset to say you are good and that means I'm good. You are awesome and that means I'm awesome. You love me. You, that's all a higher vibration. That's all she's doing is just raising her vibration. But because she locates it externally, it's an addiction. I have to go to the source of my happiness over and over and over, and then it fades away. But she never right. actually does any work that transforms that vibration within her on a permanent level because you have to locate it within you. That's why Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is within you. That's why we have to go in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And she can't, you know, she can't see that. So it's much more of an addictive kind of space than anything else. And, and right. I mean, and to get back to Avery's question, you know, when we talk about this, we're talking about creating a practice that isn't an addiction. We're not talking about going to a practice because you have to go to a practice. We're talking about going to a practice on a regular basis so that you continue to expand and expand and expand right. and expand and expand and you live more fully into the fullness of what you are. Right. You know, yeah. which if you believe anything in the scriptures, Jesus said, you are God. Yeah. We are all gods. You are a little, we are expressions. We are particles of God. We're all happening inside this thing. So it's about expanding inside of that. And that's what right. our practice is about. And church is not, church in its expression in, in our culture is not a, a, a practice. It's an addiction. Right. Avery did ask, and I think this is probably kind of going to be the final question of the podcast here. Avery asked, yeah. what questions do you both, Seth and David, have that represent the frontier of your own exploration? You've spent a lot of time answering questions on the miles of the road behind you, helping others learn to walk. What's ahead yeah. for each of you personally? What are you wrestling with, if anything? Oh, great I'll, question. Um, yeah, you that go, Avery, man, I got to say, that, guy, that dude's an articulate little, little Yeah, fella. yeah, he's an articulate guy. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. uh, uh, he's a smart guy. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll go, and I'll, then I'll let you. Uh, this generation, of, man, the dude's 20 years old. I know. This I generation. Know. I had to be 33 ready to blow my brains out before I could even go, hey, I wonder if anybody's out there. I know. I actually, it's funny. Every time somebody who's young like, pops in here, especially somebody in their 20s, and there's, there's quite a bit of them, I go, 
good job. I'm like, you know, you didn't That's have to amazing. wait. A, I know it's fantastic. I was 30, but you know, they have to save the planet. So it makes sense. Like they I mean, do, it, yeah. they do. So they got to get going. <laughs> right we now. don't, we're, we're Jenna, we're the tail end of generation X where we yeah. get to, what are they saying at live? He's like, I'm generation X. I just get to sit back and watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not that we're doing that. We're doing our best. Uh, Actually, the baby boomers like we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, destroy the world, just yeah. destroy the world and proud of it. Damn it! No, I know. Um, no, we're we are. Uh, I'm, I'm. We're working at it. We're trying to. We're trying. Yeah, to. we're trying. We're wrestling with it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, for me, um, what I'm working on is, and and this, I totally understand the question in yeah. that the the metaphor of a pilgrimage being this thing that we walk on and we continue to go and we continue to go. And, and there's this kind of, and there's still that kind of idea that there's kind of this aware where what's, what's on your, for me, this is why I think the Voyagers podcast is really going to be great is because that's a better metaphor for my journey now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am on a boat in the ocean and I am just waiting on the wind and I am trusting it. Yeah. And that's my journey is one of, that I can tell you about my material goals and then like I'm starting this business or I'm starting this podcast or I'm doing this and that, you know what I mean? And I want to take this vacation and everything like that, but that's not really that interesting. You know, it's, yeah. those things are all great. But for me internally, I'm just sitting in a mm. boat waiting on the wind and allowing it when it, comes, yeah. when it comes and just being in that present space and allowing that stuff to move. And when I do that, um, good things kind of happen. And so nothing I encounter and this is my daily experience. Nothing's an accident. Everything feels like it's on purpose. You know, well, and you, and you did mention before you mentioned how you, you had found yourself being challenged now to set some higher goals. Yes, absolutely. And I have, so. and I have those goals. Those goals are material. I don't have a higher spiritual goal in that, in the sense that I don't, I'm not looking at it like, you know, I want to, you know, learn how to levitate or something like that. <laughs> you know, right, right. I, I, my, my goal is to, you know, and to stay in my practice and to, in my meditation practice, which I have, and then, and to um, do that every day and to be in that space and allow and watch whatever spirit wants to do materially in terms of podcasts, in terms of helping people, in terms of everything, allow it to go where it's going to go. I was, um, I walked out this morning and the, the driver's side, the passenger side rear tire on my car was flat. You know, right. uh, I look at it and I go, uh, there's not a thing inside me that goes, ah, damn it. I got it. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah. I let it go. Huh? I, that's interesting. <laughs> it's like, but in the interesting, in the sense of like, I don't, it doesn't feel like it was an accident. It's like yeah. something about that may now I got to go down to Costco and I got to get it, you know, repaired today. And then we had this other plans for the day, but now I got to do that. And I go, okay, I'm, whatever reason that's what i'm gonna do and i've, I've yeah. and everything kind of feels that way now and that mm -hmm. that's why that metaphor of being on the ocean with the wind is such a great one um, yeah for me yeah. yeah and 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 you know and to avery's question like what we're talking about is a very specific phase that you have moved into in your life mm -hmm. you, it tends to come there's there's chapters you, mm -hmm. you you go from chapter to chapter you there are chapters that are more intense than others there are chapters that are more healing oriented than others yeah. there are you know but but you'll feel as you submit more and more to your spirit as the drive as kind of the driving force of your life, you, you, you start to realize that you'll move from phase to phase. And I'm the same way. I've been called deeper into a space of surrender of right. my agendas, surrender of my right. timelines, surrender right. even of my desires, yeah. even though my desires, I can, I know that my desires are a precious part of my being. Right. There's this, uh, 
there is a more and more for me, more and more I'm called to non-attachment, non-attachment, non-attachment. I have huge, I'm saying like you, I have huge goals. You know, I've started businesses. I've started a business. Me and my, I have a business partner. We, I'm running a business that I never talk about on this podcast. It's not a part of this world. It's a part of the sports world, but it's still mental. It's emotional health, mental health, right. you know, deal, trying to, I'm trying to change the entire landscape of youth sports in its, uh, in its mental and emotional health approaches. Mm-hmm. And, and that's three years I've been doing that. And I haven't gotten paid a dime yet and I'm still working at it. And it's this intense process and more and more and more through those experiences, I've been called to surrender things like money, surrender my attachments to money, to sex, to relationships, to intimacy, to all that kind of stuff. And just letting that flow continue. So it's very, same thing. It's very Voyager like, it's very ocean like you just, and it's funny you said waiting for wind because I've actually had to do that. Like when we were at sea, when I was sailing that catamaran with these three other guys were sailing across the Pacific and and the goal was to go midsummer so that it was gentle, but we, but you still expect to have a nice solid trade wind for weeks on end. You, you yeah. just ride the, you ride the trades. Yeah. Yeah. You ride the trades about 1500 miles North, you tack once and you head over to Seattle. And, but right. what happened to us was that every morning we wake up and the weather facts would say that the center of the high was just tracing us like a freaking Ouija board, just like all the way up the ocean. <laughs> and, and the center of the high, there's no weather. There yeah. is zero weather. Yeah. <laughs> we just sat in there with, we just sat in there with no, um, I mean, it, it was the weirdest thing. We got to the point where at one point we were like, we were running low on fuel. You got to have enough to get into the streets one to few. Cause we're like, we got to stop for yeah. two days. We waited for wind. We just sat there and the, I mean, I'm telling you the water is five miles deep and there was not a ripple, not even yeah. a ripple on the water for two days. And you just sit there drifting. We actually went backwards because, because of the current, but we were just sitting there and it starts to test you a bit. You know, <laughs> just, you know, but at the time I wasn't a guy who could sit and meditate. If I was the person who is now, I would just been, I would have been just sitting there and complete, just pushing myself to just be in deep meditation. Cause you're on your watches and stuff. So you're alone most of the time. Right. Um, and at the time, but I started getting a little, you know, right. and, and, and so, but that's where I am in my life now. I'm waiting for wind and it's tricky because doing it in this context, when you have a wife and you have kids and you have a pandemic and you have, I mean, this pandemic disrupted everything that I was trying to do in right. my life. I was, you know, you guys were doing well as a company, but you kind of, you woke up to your routine every morning, right? right? I was waking up to a whole new adventure. I was getting speaking gigs left and right. I, the state, I was working with the state department doing all kinds of stuff overseas. I, I had all this stuff going on and it stopped everything. Right. But it's been this beautiful call, difficult, but beautiful call back to this complete presence, total sure. patience, releasing all that stuff, yeah. letting it come when it's time for it to come. So that's, that's a stage in my life. And it, and it, and it is a daily challenge because my, right. I discovered because I push myself to such, I, I, I have such high goals. It always reminds me of the presence of my ego. It's still there. It's still sitting in the corner. It still raises his hand. I have a suggestion like all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I get to continue yeah, right. to confront it and look at it yeah. and sit with its energy. And, yeah. you know, we have family stuff come up. We have, you know, we've had some pretty up, intense upheaval in our family and some situations yeah. that happen and that challenges the ego and, and, and challenges you to rem- I've been, this year has been a lot of removing myself from the McMurray collective, like that collective energy, that intensity, that anger that I found still that I was still connected into. And yeah. it's been, it's been a, you know, you're, you're never going to stop growing if you're yeah. always, yeah. If, if you're always saying, I mean, unity consciousness, this idea of God consciousness being like Jesus said, I am the father are one. If that's, that's the, the, for me, that's the end game. So I'm like, well, I'm not there yet. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to continue right. to expand myself and always uh, and trust that this, whatever the spirit brings right. to me, I will take that. Yeah. yeah. 
and it's important it's important to note that that in this state when you get to this place i guess where you're what floyd would call in the river his metaphor was a river yeah you were, that's a good a, one. You were a stick or a, you were just trust the river where it's going to take you whatever waters it's going rough waters and some rapids and some calm spots and stuff and that you're in the river and that's that's what kind of it looks like um and you just trust it um it's important to note that like i had a friend call me a couple of days ago and he said i just can't imagine the amount of stress you guys are going through and i said <laughs> uh was awesome. no actually i said I'm, I'm not stressed at all and he was like really and i was like yeah man i look i said my why would we stress about things we can't control like why would that cause me any emotional distress if i can't control it yeah i said i have yeah. no you just all you can do is trust that's the only thing you can do and yeah. and for a lot of guys listening to the podcast that's just not a reality yet they, they're not having that yeah. experience reality it's because there's healing to be done Right. There's, there's, there's triggers and there's all this stuff that's still clogged up and there's that flow through their centers, not, not moving yet. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the promise and I think the real message of this podcast, and I guess the final episode of this podcast is that it's coming. Yeah. If you continue to do the work, it's been encouraging to see people in the, in the, uh, in the Facebook group saying, Hey, I started the, I started the, the guidebook finally, you know, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm working on it now. I'm going through it and stuff like that. And, and guys that are just saying, and you know, our friend Javier, you know, I had a good conversation with him and he's like, there's he's starting on it, moving yeah. through learning. And you just, you keep moving and it is coming to a point where you'll start to watch your life start to realign and it, and that, and, and God, you know, slash the universe, whatever you, your word for it, it, it does the heavy lifting in that area. If mm -hmm. once you learn this, you watch it, you'll watch your life realign you don't have to go out and solve it yeah. you have to learn how to walk in the spirit that's yeah. it and that's Absolutely. the that's the job and to heal yeah. all the tools that we've been talking about over the course of this yeah. 10 weeks now so that would be yeah, yeah all right man well that's good that's a good place to stop dude yeah yeah, yeah. so as we head out of the series here i wanted to say just a few things this My Pilgrimage podcast series has been produced by myself and my brother as a gift to the My Pilgrimage community. We want to mention that X Church and their previous publishing group and Craig Gross and those guys who helped us put it together, all those videos in Arizona, definitely deserve a lot of credit and shout out for helping us bring My Pilgrimage um, to life. The goal of My Pilgrimage has never been just about getting rid of porn addiction, although most of us show up at the My Pilgrimage site or at the Facebook group with that in mind because that is the thing that is keeping us from being able to experience all of this. But all of this is going to be part of this experience as well. We want everyone in the My Pilgrimage community to feel the love and the acceptance first with themselves and then with the community and with God and with everything so that they can experience a life that is full and abundant and full of joy. So with that in mind, this podcast series, this 10-part series, is going to live online permanently at the website and it's going to be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for at least a couple of years. And it'll be something everyone can go back to. The videos, the Arizona videos, those are free. You can always get them. And we also have a series two videos that I really highly recommend that if you want more teaching and you want to understand a little bit more, Seth did a five-part series filmed here in Maui that's also on the website. So check those out when you can. There's also some teachings from the retreat in Alaska. I think you'll find those really, really helpful. Coming in September is the new podcast series, which will be an ongoing series called The Voyagers. 
we encourage you to check in. I'll be announcing on the Facebook group and, and announcing in different places where when that's ready to go. The Voyagers podcast will be talking with lots and lots of different people in many different fields, including science and religion and theology and everything. We're going to take the conversation beyond addiction into big and beautiful things, things that contribute to the, the peace of our society, the peace of God come down to earth here. We really do want everyone in their time, in their life here to experience that peace and joy. Thanks for tuning in this past 10 weeks. Um, really appreciate it. For those of you that contributed on the Patreon, I'll be reaching out and communicating with you guys directly about the future of the Patreon account and how we're going to kind of move that over to Voyagers. So thank you so much for listening. If you found this helpful, share it with the people that you know. Have them find the books on Amazon. Send them to mypilgrimage.com. Send them to community. We want everyone to have access to this stuff. So, Aloha, everyone. Thanks for listening.